Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to episode 12 of the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon. And we are so glad that you are listening today. Today we're going to hit another topic that really has implications for every believer in Jesus Christ. It's, what do I really need to believe about the Bible for salvation, for my faith, for my life practice? So what do I really need to believe about the Bible? And that's a really relevant topic today, especially in the world in which we live in, in a culture here in North America that is rapidly changing in its views of Christianity, the church, and the sacred text of the scripture, the Bible, that we hold to. And if you are a younger person, especially a millennial or younger, you're going to be confronted with arguments concerning how the Bible is not valid. And and you might be wrestling with the whole question of, what do I need to really believe about this Bible? And do I need to believe certain things about it in order to be a Christian or in order to be saved or in order to live the Christian life? So we're going to try to address that today. I know that in addressing this, this is really an argument that every generation has to wrestle with concerning the nature of the biblical text. So we're going to try to approach it in different ways. We're going to kind of lay a foundation to understand why we need to talk about this. And then we're going to talk about it concerning what do you need to believe about the Bible for various stages in a Christian's life. So let's just go ahead and start talking about the issue of where we're at today in our culture. One of the things that you and I probably have already realized, and especially the younger folks have realized, is is that when you say that you believe the Bible, And if you tell people that you believe the Bible or even read the Bible, the reaction from others around you is not going to be positive, especially today in our culture. Because this Christian text that we hold to, the Bible, that it is precious to us, is not seen that way by the world around us. In fact, it is basically mocked and derided as being Well, let's go ahead and say how it's described. First of all, unscientific, because they would say that the Bible denies the plain science that everybody accepts around it. It's also seen as bigoted. What do you mean by that, George? Well, it it derides a homosexual lifestyle, which is basically has been and is legally accepted in our culture. So it's a bigoted book. It's also seen as a racist book or a book that is seen as condoning wrong moral behaviors, such as, what do you mean wrong moral behaviors? Explain that. Well, such as it condones slavery, talks about how slaves are. It almost doesn't come right out and speak against slavery. And so therefore there there's a problem with this book. And so if you're a young person, And if you're a millennial and you're trying to function in this society, 
you you listen to the arguments and so forth and you kind of kind of like well you know yeah i can see that yeah this is what it's coming across or or the book is misogynist and in, in its view of women and you kind of wonder well what do i really need to believe about this book or is it that important for my faith and is it that important for me to come to christ is it that important for how i live my life as a christian so that's the setting that we have here. Now, for, for those of you who are older, you, you might actually be shocked that that is the viewpoint that is held today concerning the Bible. Because you remember a time when the Bible was read in schools and, and it was held in high regard. It's what we swear on when we appear in a court and give testimony. And you, our officials do that when they swear an oath to the office here in the United States. And, and so your whole concept of it being derided is, it's, it's like, wow, is that possible? How did we get there? Well, be honest with you. That's the culture we live in. That's what younger people have to struggle with. And that's why we're dealing with this question. What do I really need to believe about the Bible? Now, when we talk about what do we need to believe about the Bible, there's two main things that are discussed with reference to what we need to believe about the Bible. And I'm going to talk about whether or not those are necessary for certain components of the Christian life. Those issues concern, first of all, the inspiration of the Bible. Is the Bible inspired by God? Do I need to believe that? And then number two, do I need to believe that it is inerrant? Now, inspiration establishes that the Bible is a divine product, that it is a product of God. In other words, Scripture was divinely inspired as God actively worked through the process and had his hand in seeing that the Scripture would be written in what it says. And, and so we basically base that upon two passages in the Scripture. First of all, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, says that all scripture was given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The other passage that I would point to is Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 19 and following. And so we have a prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And that really sums up the doctrine of the inspiration of the Bible. The other thing that is known, that is held to, is the issue of the inerrancy of the Bible. Now, inerrancy is a view that when all the facts became known, they will demonstrate that the Bible in its original autographs, or its original documents, were entirely true and never false in all that they affirmed. So what they're saying here is, is that there was no error in the original documents, which we don't have any of those documents today. Now, do I need to believe that the Bible is inspired, and do I really need to believe that it's without error, especially in this modern world that we live in? 
Well, let's talk about it from different stages in a believer's life. First of all, let's talk about it from the standpoint of somebody who is not a believer who is wanting to embrace Jesus Christ as their Savior. Do they need to believe that the Bible is inerrant and inspired by God? And the obvious answer to that is no. They don't need to believe that. Because the reality is is that when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's not that you have accepted certain doctrines about him in order to come to that faith. Coming to faith in Jesus Christ is understanding who he is, that he is God, that he came, lived among us, and that he, taking the penalty for our sin upon himself, died on a cross so that you and I might have salvation, that we might have eternal life, that we might have the forgiveness of our sins. You don't have to believe the intricate details of this doctrine, inerrancy or inspiration, to come to faith. You don't need that. In fact, there are numbers of people around the world who are coming to faith, who are becoming Christians, who are responding to the gospel without any understanding of these two doctrines. So right off the bat, you don't need to understand these two doctrines to become a believer. Now, the next stage beyond that is you're a believer and you're trying to live your faith for Jesus Christ. Do I need to believe these two doctrines for that? Well, now we're entering into a different discussion concerning what you believe about the Bible and is it necessary. When you talk about your faith, when you talk about what you believe and what you're holding on to, you need to understand that faith is always a response to what God reveals to you. And when we talk about the issue of an inerrancy and inspiration, we're talking about something that every Christian is going to have to wrestle with and come to a conclusion about. And the fact that millennials are wrestling with this today or others are wrestling with this today is not surprising. Every generation has to wrestle with this. You have to wrestle with and come to a conclusion concerning what you believe about the Bible. Because faith becomes a response to what God reveals to you and your trust in him. So, when I read the Bible, I need to come to the Bible with a level of faith and trust to really understand what the Bible is saying and how I need to apply it to my life. If I don't have any trust in the Bible, then I'm not going to respond to that in faith. We say, well, there could be certain parts of the Bible that are from God and other parts are just simply from man. Well, my question is, how do you determine that? How do you decide this is from God and this is not? What I have found is, is that oftentimes... It, in my personal walk with God, as I'm growing in my relationship with him, he often uses obscure things in the Bible to speak to me about things that I need to do in response to him. 
If I had decided that that was not from God, if I had come to a conclusion that that was not from him, then I would just simply ignore that and wonder, you know, did did I have some bad sausage the night before? Why, Why am I considering this? See, faith is a response to the revealed word of God. In fact, here's a definition of faith. Faith is a belief in, a trust in, and a commitment to the revealed word of God in spite of hindrances, obstacles, and circumstances that seem otherwise. It's a response a belief in, a trust in, and a commitment to the revealed word of God in spite of hindrances, obstacles, and circumstances that seem otherwise. So here's what I want you to understand. Understanding that the Bible comes from God and that it's inspired is an issue of faith and is important for your life. Understanding that it is inerrant in its original documents is important for you and I in our walk with God and is important for our faith. If I don't have that trust in that, then there's no way that I can have faith in what God is telling me because primarily what he's telling me is revealed through the Bible itself. So if I can't trust it, then... I'm not going to exercise that faith. I'm not going to grow. Because faith, growing in faith, is moving along in your trust of God's revealed word. Now, that's in spite of, to be honest with you, faith acts in spite of what the circumstances are, what the obstacles are around us. And I would say part of that, the circumstances, the hindrances, the obstacles, is how the world views what I believe. And the fact that the world would deride and would mock and attack what I believe really is not an evidence that there's a problem with what I believe. It's really an evidence that God even said that they would think that this is wrong. In fact, I think it's interesting. Several times in the New Testament, you see things like, for instance, Paul talking about the concept of the cross, someone dying for our sins, that the world would see this as foolishness. So, I guess the short answer is this. Do I need to believe the Bible in order to come to faith in Jesus Christ? No. But do I need to believe that it's inspired and inerrant to grow in my faith? Yes. But I think you also need to understand that it is a spiritual journey to come to that place of faith. What do you mean by that, George? Well, here's the thing. A lot of people can sit there and say, I believe that the Bible is inspired and inerrant in what it says. But while they profess that, they practically live as though they don't believe it. What do you mean by that? Well, while they may profess that the Bible is inerrant, And while they may profess that the Bible is inspired by God, if they choose not to live their life in faith, responding to that word as such, they're living as atheists. They live as though it doesn't mean anything. So the reality is not 
it's not just embracing a doctrine mentally. It's embracing a doctrine of inerrancy and inspiration practically in how I live my life in response to that word. Is that word inerrant? Is that word inspired? Because that's going to be reflected in whether or not I truly believe and have faith in what God is telling me. That's the issue. And that really is what every generation is going to have to wrestle with and come to their own conclusion about. That's what we need to wrestle with. Finding Clarity Podcast is an opportunity to answer questions that you and I might be wrestling with concerning what we believe about Jesus Christ. It's really basically giving an opportunity to answer questions that we wouldn't normally answer in church. So if you have a question that you would like to see us try to answer, I would encourage you to contact us. You can do that through our Facebook page, or you can do that through our website. Our Facebook page is facebook.com, Finding Clarity Podcast. And just simply send us a message or even write on our wall a question that you would like us to wrestle with. You can also contact us through our webpage, kerwinsvillechristian.org, and you'll see a contact section there. Just simply uh, write down your question in that form. You don't have to leave your name or email. Submit that, and we will try to answer it. If you go to our church, Kerwinsville Christian Church, you can also approach me or, or throw a question in the offering and say, hey, I'd like for you to answer this. If you don't attend our church and you're looking for a church home, we would encourage you to come to our church. We're located in Kerwinsville at 700 State Street. Our morning service starts at 1045. It's very casual. Come as you are, church, and we would encourage you to come out and learn about Jesus Christ. Next week, we're going to really wrestle with the question about why do I need to pray if he already knows what I need? We're going to talk about why do I need to pray if God already knows what I need? That's really a practical question, and we're going to look at that next week and see what we can see from the scripture concerning that. Hey, we thank you again for listening. We encourage you to share this with others, tell others about this podcast if you find it helpful, and we'll look forward to you being a part of our podcast next week. Take care.